Welcome to CII Podcasts. Well, hello everyone. This is Pranjal Sharma and I'll be hosting this episode for you. Uh, welcome to the third episode of the CII Podcast. Today we'll discuss the future of digital transformation and emerging technologies and its opportunities. Now, we know that India is witnessing a major digital revolution and the numbers that define today's digital India are quite mind-boggling. And in the recent times, the use of uh, digital technologies and emerging technologies has witnessed a huge spike and Indian companies are embracing it uh, like never before. And to talk about this, uh, we have Mr. Krish Gopalakrishnan, the chairman of CII Digital Council, also past president of CII. He's, of course, the co-founder of Infosys Limited and presently serves as the chairman of Axler Ventures. Chris, thank you for joining us for the CII podcast. Thank you, Pranjal, for having me. I look forward to uh, this interaction. Chris, it's very fascinating to talk about uh, emerging technologies because I think even when uh, all of you came together to found Infosys at that time, the technologies that you were looking at were considered emerging technologies, weren't they? Definitely. And um, and that's the beauty of uh, emerging technologies. If you're able to find the right uh, technology wave to ride on, uh, it gives you momentum. It pushes you forward and creates new opportunities for you to, to reinvent yourself, reinvent a business, reinvent a segment or a sector. And for us, uh, you know, the, the software revolution uh, was the uh, technology wave that we rode on. We knew that a uh, lot of software will have to be written to uh, automate business processes. And that became uh, the, the opportunity that Infosys took on. We said, we will write that software, we will develop that software remotely sitting in India. That was a disruption. And, and of course, you know, it created the industry that is there today more than $200 billion and uh, you know more than 4.5 million jobs in India. And India has become uh, number one in this way of delivering services. So that's the opportunity. You know, if you find the right wave to uh, ride on, it creates huge momentum and opportunity for you. But Chris, it's very interesting that when you started uh, and Infosys began, uh, there was a sense that most of the most of the uh, uh, companies that you were looking at were outside India. In some ways, the adoption that you were catering to were about uh, uh, global clients. Um, but uh, that gave the sense that perhaps companies out of India were uh, were more keen on technology at that point of time than those in India. Uh, not exactly. India was also adopting technology at that point. But the, uh, the buying um, process or the buying um, model that the Indian companies adopted were different. So when you buy hardware, it's assumed that software and services would come free with the hardware. You know, that was the contract. Whereas our model was to, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, separate out the hardware purchase from the software and the services and we were providing the services piece right now that was acceptable to uh, global multinational corporations and that's the reason why uh, we worked with global multinational corporations second uh, we have a distinct advantage 
in providing those services out of India because India being a cheaper economy, we can provide high quality services, leveraging the talent that's available in India at lower cost. So, you know, we, we, we have a clientele that needs the service uh, and we can give them distinct competitive advantage because we can provide high quality services at lower cost. That's the model. That model has changed, Chris, but I want to now jump to where we are today. And in the last five years, uh, uh, I think we can easily divide uh, our, our business lives and personal lives in the pre-COVID and the post-COVID era. But even the five years preceding the 2020, uh, I, I think the interest adoption and application of emerging technologies ranging from uh, Internet of Things to rapid deployment of, of AI in many things uh, in business processes had picked up uh, across uh, MNCs, Indian MNCs, uh, as well as global MNCs which were in India. And it had also started percolating to the mid-level mid companies uh, uh, which, which had global ambitions but still had India as a market. In your view, uh, what what has kind of changed the mindset? Were there any specific uh, turning points in the history of corporate India where they felt that investing in technologies, improving efficiencies is as important uh, uh, as uh, creating new products? So first of all, um, you know, as you rightly said, if you look at pre-COVID, uh, this transformation was happening because Indian companies, Indian uh, SMEs were part of becoming part of the global supply chain. And, uh, uh, you know, you need to connect to their um, uh, distribution networks. You need to connect to their uh, ERP systems. You need to uh, work with the logistics uh, and networks that were, um, you know, global in nature. And, and that's why Indian companies were adopting uh, digital transformation. The second reason they were adopting digital transformation was that um, uh, this was the only way they could uh, improve productivity, improve quality and, and uh, reduce cost. Now, when COVID struck, this became um, a, a, you know, a survival uh, requirement. So even the neighborhood Kirana store, so leave alone uh, you know, the SME sector, but uh, the mom and pop store at the corner started using WhatsApp to reach out to their regular, uh, you know, customers, consumers uh, to gather their orders and fulfill those orders. You know, they, then they would deliver uh, the the order uh, or, the, or the goods uh, to home, right? So by necessity, uh, COVID accelerated the digital transformation, and it's uh, you know it's estimated that what could have taken five years happened within five months because of COVID. So now the digital adoption, the digital transformation, is is complete. I would say you know how we consume media and entertainment, how we entertain ourselves at home, how we interact with each other, how meetings are conducted how learning happens today, you know, classes and schools, etc. Uh, how we now consult our doctors, physicians, etc. So every aspect of our life, how 
you know families interact with each other you know zoom meetings uh, between family members on a weekly basis like even zoom you know uh, dinners became the norm across family etc so this became the way we do business the way we live our lives and and covid actually accelerated the adoption so i feel that uh, you know this transformation is complete of course um, you know what what has happened is that by necessity we have to do it now uh, this becomes the uh, norm going forward and i expect you know on top of this new business opportunities new business models uh, new uh, businesses would be created especially in healthcare etc i see significant uh, changes happening over the next few years you know those uh, new models that you're referring to chris I, i'll dwell on that uh, in a bit and come to you on that but i i want to go back to the point you made earlier about uh, you know when you refer to starting uh, off in infosys and global companies uh, had the ability to pay and were willing were willing to put money and and that's i think in my view an important turning point in india that indian companies finally figured out that investing in technology there is a good business case for it uh, I, i think we are not completely there yet uh, but still there is there is uh, parameters and metrics are being uh, put into place uh, by by the managements and the board to say that well if we have to invest in technology uh, what kind of roi can we get and how can we ensure now do you see this as an important change in the mindset of corporate india so that mindset is always there you know any business would look at return on investment before they invest any good business will look at it now a, a transformation like this will require upfront investment uh, and and the returns would happen over time you have to run um, both the systems in parallel to ensure that uh, you know uh, you you uh, implement it properly implement it correctly Uh, so that uh, adds cost retraining your employees adds cost and all of these things um, you know are affordable to larger enterprises global companies and that they they do it and they do it out of necessity because it's a survival survival issue whereas when it comes to smes you know they don't have the same uh, capacity to make those investments and that's why you know a a situation like covid you know forced them because that you know there was this only way they could survive forced them to transition to this so i see this you know covid is of course a, a you know a pretty um, you know bad uh, you know situation right you know it impacts all our lives and all our businesses but if there is a silver lining out of that the rapid transition to digital is the survive silver lining out of that and now i believe that uh, even smes are quite comfortable making this transition especially when it comes to services now in manufacturing this transition would probably take little longer it will happen when you look at um, how we can automate production uh, using uh, either uh, you know digital technologies on the design side or looking at um, factory automation using robotics iot devices uh, high precision manufacturing 
etc but you know see the affordability is always a consideration for any business before covid uh, they 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 could not make the business case covid forced that business case to happen and now i think going forward this uh, this transformation is i believe complete Chris, it's interesting you talk about automation because you know I my book called India Automated was published last year and it was really case studies of such examples that you were referring to, and it was uh, at a level uh, it it was a paradox that a country where a million people look for uh, jobs every month is getting into automation, but really what we saw is that automation in many ways is improving efficiency, transparency, and productivity of of organizations. one important piece i also noticed and please sir let me how deep this is is that many of the technology service providers also began to create solutions and products for smes earlier they were geared towards the larger companies uh, and therefore for the smes either they were not affordable or it was not suitable for them uh, do you think that that effort has also made a difference yeah again because of emerging technologies like cloud like uh, software as a service made the um, you know uh, made the product suitable for smes so what am i might mean by this is the model you know before cloud before saas was that you would actually purchase a license for the product you will implement and install the product within your premises on your data center and you would use it right so hence it was affordable to companies of a certain size which had an it department which had the capacity and things like but today when you look at cloud you don't need a data center right the data center is on the cloud when you have a saas model again you don't need to implement the product and manage and maintain the product and things like that you don't need specialist to run a, a software uh, division within uh, within your organization and saas also allows you to pay as you go right uh, you know it, it's uh, it's pay for use so all of these meant that now with this uh, with these advances in technology this became affordable to smes and even individuals right today when you look at windows or when you look at office or when you look at any other products that we use even when you look at uh, you know things like how we consume music right uh, it's a subscription model right uh, and and that made it very simple you know think of this you know before we would buy cds or before you would buy all of those things right today on your mobile phone you can listen to music and you just pay for use right so this is the transformation that has allowed us to use technology uh at a way uh, in a way uh that's manageable that's affordable and you pay as you go chris you know uh, you are one of those business leaders uh, of india who are also uh, putting their entire uh, weight of their experience uh, uh, to to help new age entrepreneurs and axela ventures is one such uh, uh, effort Uh, of course you wear several hats and you've been advising the government and several other bodies but uh, what what was the objective uh, uh, or or the need that you felt uh, when axler was launched did you feel that while there is a great spirit of entrepreneurship in the country um, uh, what did you hope to achieve with the axler 
See, if you look at about six years back when I stepped down from Infosys in 2014, you know, in some sense, that was the uh, kind of re-emergence of the startup movement in India. You know, a lot of the companies that are now unicorns were started around 2008-2009, but they were still struggling. But around 2014, when this government came uh, to power, you know, the Prime Minister took the leadership to say that uh, startups are very important for the economy. Uh, it it, it uh, uh, drives the creation of uh, new businesses, new job creation, uh, wealth creation, and all of that is good for the economy. And he drove this, um, you know, from the front. You know, he led from the front. So that, I believe, um, created awareness, created focus. It became cool to do a startup. And of course, uh, funding was available. Um, you know, everything fell in place in some sense. So Axlor uh, was started with the intention of using our experience to help other companies emerge, right? Again, riding on this wave uh, and become successful. So can we now create many more Infosys, many more Wipro's, TCS's, etc. And, uh, you know, not just in the software field, but in every uh, every sector in the economy. Uh, if we can help, you know, a few of them, right, it would be a, a, a great, um, um, let's say, result that we would, a great goal that we would have. Second, uh, you know, I really needed uh, to reinvent myself, right? Uh, uh, you know, I knew that, uh, and I'm not going to get involved in operating anything now, but uh, let others do the uh, operation side. My role is more of mentoring, advisor, uh, funding these startups, etc. And, you know, a, a accelerator, a fund would be the right way, right mechanism for, my, for me to uh, still participate in the growth of the Indian economy, support the growth of the Indian economy, support these companies become successful, etc. So that's the second reason for uh, uh, setting up uh, Axelor. And the last, but I think a very important reason is, see, I, I feel that, uh, you know, everyone uh, must make sure that, um, you know, they are um, current, they are relevant, they are keeping up with what is happening in the world today. And, you know, what is the best way to do that is to work with startups. You know, they are reinventing businesses, they're creating new business models, they're creating new products, and it's fun to work with them. You enjoy doing it and that way, you know, I'm actually learning as much as I'm, you know, contributing, right? Every day I'm learning new things. So all of these things, when I look at, you know, this was the right decision I took. This is fantastic, Chris. I, and I love the phrase you use, reinvent, because, you know, a person of your stature to say that I'm reinventing uh, myself is uh, so wonderful to hear for people at every stage of their career. Uh, because today startups are being done by those who in their 20s, some, some are even uh, not even uh, uh, you know finish the college and of course many many senior professionals who after three decades would launch 
but let let me ask you a couple of interesting things about you know you must be meeting a lot of interesting ideas and people any interesting anecdotes or things which may have completely surprised you or blown you away uh, which could have happened while while you meet uh, uh, people with new ideas approaching you at excellent so first of all um, you know the confidence that they have you know you know that they don't many of them don't have the experience that you have but they're supremely confident they feel <laughs> that uh, you know they can um, they can succeed they can beat anybody uh, and and you know, that is actually quite inspiring you know we were you know when i look back 40 years back uh, we were very tentative we were not ambitious whereas today uh, you know these youngsters are so ambitious they know um, that uh, they can actually conquer the world they're not afraid of anything they're not afraid of failure so that confidence in some sense is um, uh, you know quite uh, quite inspiring in some sense uh, their confidence they know many of them would fail but they're still you know very confident uh, second uh, is um, uh, you know the their grasp of technology itself uh, i think these are digital you know natives or you know digital uh, uh, you know beings in some sense uh, and they very adapted use of technology and the and the pace at which they work um, you know the the solutions that they come up with um, uh, I, you know if you look at um, you know see I, i'll give you just one example uh, for um, uh you know detection of uh, several of these um, uh, diseases you look at x rays or you look at um, uh thermal imaging and things like that you know but using ai to read these images right uh, uh pattern recognition etc is a new way of thinking about uh, uh automating this um reducing the dependence of um, uh you know qualified professionals etc uh, it's a it's a of course you know we know today that this is something that we can uh, do it at scale but to create businesses around these to um, come up with solutions that are uh, actually relevant especially in the indian context because this is the only way you could provide these services in uh, villages in tier 2 tier 3 towns and things like that because you don't have specialists there but you can you know upload the image onto a cloud get an ai program read that x-ray and come back with the diagnostics and from a uh, central location a expert can look at it and say yes you know this is indeed correct you know this is probably uh, a covid uh, uh, affected lens infected lens or a cancer infected lens etc they can actually certify but coming up with solutions like this and then redeploying this okay to look at you know how oil carrying pipes could get damaged right again the same principle of taking a uh, image of this using ultrasonic waves uploading it to an ai program and then figuring out that this pipe is corroded you know i think suddenly uh, you know the 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 opportunities are immense actually so i'm actually you know excited to work with these people uh, to enable some of these things to happen and it's fun and 
<laughs> that's why i believe that um, you know india is the right place to uh, be in india is the right place to develop these solutions and india is the right place to develop these solutions for the 7 billion people in the world so if you develop these solutions in a developed country like us or EU, europe or something like that you typically think about affordability of the top 10% of the population when you develop these solutions from india you to talk you think about the 100% of the population that means affordable for 7 billion people i think india is in a unique position to take advantage of these things and provide solutions for the world that's a terrific point chris i think looking at scale uh, and affordability and doing it uh, uh, at a level where per unit cost for the user is at the lowest possible is is i think uh, now embedded into the dna of most entrepreneurs but do you know with confidence there is also need for caution uh, and and there is also the the sense that with the sudden burst of unicorns and billion dollar plus valuations uh, sometimes uh, young entrepreneurs uh, look at uh, a startup like a get rich quick scheme so is there a word of advice that you offer Uh, to them, uh, in terms of ensuring that they stay focused on their objectives and not get diverted by all this talk about billion dollars. So, Pranjal, you know, this is not uh, unique to startups. This get rich quickly is, you know, everywhere, right? We have seen this in established businesses also. See, a a percentage, and unfortunately, it's a small percentage. Five, ten percent of people would want to game the system would want to you know uh you know bend the rules and uh, and do things not legally and ethically and that's part of you know being in a society uh, with diverse set of people and things like that 90 95% of the people work hard know that uh, they need to run businesses legally and ethically and i firmly believe that you know this is not something uh, only affecting startups this is affecting all businesses and we have seen that in india right um, you know this is as old as uh, business itself in some sense right so i'm not uh, you know worried about uh, you know uh, this ecosystem alone i'm worried about businesses in general uh, we need to uh, if you want to um, build a society uh, that has confidence uh, in uh, in its businesses uh, we need to make sure that uh, uh, you know by and large we run uh, our businesses legally and ethically uh, we need to work hard it does take longer time it's an accident if you become rich very quickly you know becoming rich takes time building a world class business at scale takes time and we have to put in that effort and, and and most of the people i talk to most of the entrepreneurs and youngsters that i talk to understand this actually this one fascinating uh, dimension of technology usage in india is the adoption within the government uh, and by government i mean not just at the national level the ministries but state governments local departments urban bodies uh in some ways it is still early days but uh, uh i think in terms of the approach and attitude uh 
the the government departments seem to be open to using technology for for the larger benefit and i think it also attacks uh, uh use of technology attacks uh, the the need or improves uh, transparency of course and accountability to the civil society in in your view how much bigger impact could this have of you know government departments using uh, technology for uh, you know utilities for uh, civil society's needs uh, where do you see this headed it's headed in the right direction i think uh, india is one of the leaders in uh, adoption of uh, technologies on the uh, governance side uh, india is also a leader in uh, Uh, looking at a new approach to um, you know use of technology you know what is called plumbing what is called the uh, infrastructure underneath is developed as a platform and services are delivered on top of that you know upi is a classic example of that and it completely transformed how we do e-commerce how we do payment even to the smallest of the merchants smallest of the neighborhood shop today you just need your mobile phone and you can pay right and they can accept the payment all they require is a a, a barcode you know a, a a sticker with a barcode right you can do that at the petrol bank you can do that as the retail outlet and things like that and it has simply transformed how uh, we pay for services and things like that but this was developed as a platform on top of which services were delivered on top of that applications were created etc this is a new approach the government has come out with uh, you know uh, solutions such as this in the healthcare side in the education side they are now coming up with solutions they are coming up with solutions on the uh, e-commerce and the logistics side so i think it augurs very well and i i complement uh, the government but i think the other side of this is this is the only way this is the only way we can make sure that you know the last mile delivery happens in the remotest village in the country so we need to ensure that access is provided that means you know they they have access to internet in the remotest parts of the country we need to ensure that uh, you know we provide these services in uh, vernacular languages so that's another uh, you know um, capacity building that we need to do we need to develop these applications we need to make sure that uh, access to internet happens in the vernacular languages and things like that. so that is a uh, transition that we need to make it's again you know happening and we probably need to look at uh, you know an internet that is uh, uh, responding to our voices than type text and things to, uh, text and things like that because again it's easier to use um, using uh, voice response uh, systems and things like that. so there are again you know um, lots of things that need to be done but i see these as opportunities for us to uh, innovate and create new businesses around these things new solutions around these things and chris another interesting part related to this is the collaboration that we are seeing between the government the industry and the academia you serve on the boards uh, board of governors of indian institute of technology in chennai and i am bangalore you are also uh, a chairman of the board of governors of iit uh, bangalore and, and the board of trustees of chennai mathematical institute um, do you see this kind of enthusiasm and excitement at the 
at these academic institutions not just the ones which you are directly involved with but you know even tier 2 colleges tier 3 colleges uh, i shouldn't call them tier 2 or tier 3 you know it's just that these are these are colleges we have a wide base um uh, of of engineers but do you see this excitement and enthusiasm amongst them as well yes uh, uh, you know i just need to correct you uh, i have stepped down from some of these institutions you know it keeps changing um but i do serve con- continue to serve in some of them uh, having said that uh, i do see uh, the enthusiasm especially because uh, they are now um looking to incubate student um uh entrepreneurs student setup startups etc uh this is um, a, a new phenomenon again uh you know students uh, thinking about starting a business while they're studying uh, and and uh, you know these institutes are supporting this and they come up with um, uh problems affecting society problems that they can um, uh implement at scale for india you know solutions for india and uh, again you know i'm that's why i'm very optimistic about what is happening in india today uh this is now a grassroots movement uh it ha- it is uh, changing uh you know rural areas uh, it's changing agriculture uh, you know connecting uh, farmers improving farmer productivity you know using drones and satellite images uh, all kinds of uh, solutions are being thought of so i am actually quite uh, excited about um, uh what lies in front of us over the next 30 years the so last 30 years were quite exciting because you know we have seen from no telephone to you know everybody having a telephone and it happened in the last 25 years right so next 25 years uh, are going to be even more exciting because we are all going to be connected irrespective of whether we have uh, carrying a phone or not right we may be able to uh you know communicate with our devices just by thought right uh, we may be uh, 24 by 7 monitored um, by um, you know de- uh, by solutions looking at our health and things like that so all kinds of possibilities exist and and uh, you know another application is instant translation right uh, you know you speak in your native tongue and i speak in my native tongue and we are having a you know real time conversation all of these things are possible and and that's what is exciting about this journey going forward my final question uh, uh, and and thought i'd like to raise with you place is uh, uh, about the education system you know uh, the the kind of education and engineering institutes when you were uh, there and what we see now uh, i think a lot of course has changed but perhaps lots more needs to change and the fact that you know businesses are being incubated in academia is not something that india was used to earlier uh, is that going to be at the core of this and and i'm really going to highlight this phrase you used uh, grassroots movement in technology now these are two very different themes that you put together very brilliantly grassroots movement of technology which goes and percolates to every citizen irrespective of of their economic status uh, is what india is emerging and moving into but for that perhaps our education system uh especially for for science and technology and engineering uh, will have to be in tandem and be in step with that so you know two part answer first and foremost 
our educational institutions must change with times just like every business every organization must change with times our educational institutions must change with time and i'm optimistic about their ability to change just look at uh, what has happened in the covid times right they were all moving to online classes and they did it um, you know i'm i'm actually pleasantly surprised how the teachers adapted to this or most of the teachers adapted to this how students adapted to this how families adapted to this and yes you know everything did not go very well but we did right uh, and and i think this must give us the confidence that if there is a need to change that we can indeed change we can move to a different model so that's the first part of the answer the second part of the answer and this is where i am uh, focused on we need to invest a lot more in our research ecosystem right uh, as we look forward over the next 20 30 years we need to create our own proprietary intellectual property our own products our own global brands and solutions etc uh, i think this is needed to completely transform into a knowledge society right today you know when apple sells i don't know i think they sell 100 million phones in india or 200 million phones in india it's one of their largest markets but what happens the value accretion the wealth creation happens in the us right because the ownership of the ip the ownership of the product resides in the us right so we do benefit from the use of that technology we do some improvements see some improvements in productivity but the true wealth creation happens elsewhere you know the market cap of apple goes up but that's clearly visible in the us so we have to increase our investment in r&d uh, not just in you know it in healthcare in biotech in automotive tech and every every sector of the economy we need to increase our investments in research we need to have our own original ip our own products our own uh, new solutions and things like that and this is the area where i'm confident we have the capability we have the people because these are the same people who go to the us and you know do world class r&d right now how can we make sure that we can do the same world class r&d in india and i think it's just a question of the quantum of money that we invest and again you know it's it's a sequence right so till now india was investing in basic things like um, educational infrastructure school education uh, improving the quality of the physical infrastructure like roads you know creating the electricity uh, generation infrastructure all kinds of basic things now we need to start thinking about the the knowledge infrastructure that we need to create the research and development that we need to do for the future this is the transition to becoming a middle income country and and that's the transition that we need to do uh, and ownership of intellectual property is one of the most important things that we need to plan for and make those investments so that's the transition that i see in our educational infrastructure that's needed thank you chris and another phrase i'm going to take away is knowledge infrastructure which you again very well articulated and i think uh, 
the knowledge infrastructure and domestic ip could could serve as uh, sunlight water and soil for the grassroots movement of of technology and to make it spread faster and more rapidly across the country thank you again chris for uh, sharing your thoughts your ideas and your time with us for the cii podcast thank you for listening to cii podcasts